you are listening to OWC Radio number 45, the Halloween episode with guest Patrick McGovern. Hello, and thank you for listening to the OWC Radio podcast number 45. I'm your host, MC Grant, and with me as always are the regular characters. I'll let them sound off. Mike H. And Chris S. Well, I'll do it for Mike P. because he's running Sound Man today. And we have a new visitor to the round or hexagonal or, I suppose, rectangular table we're sitting at. The pentagram. Did you, did you take Halloween. algebra? I did. Okay. That's why I'm marketing. Okay. And that's why you're an architect. So I'll let you go with your intro. Uh, yeah, I'm Patrick McGovern. I'm a senior software architect over at OWC. I, I write software, and I look at a lot of screens, and it looks cool, but it's not. <laughs> it's not as exciting as marketing, maybe. I don't know. But no, you no, stand I, I, at your I got desk. a lot of blinking lights. Yeah, I had my desk raised because I, I broke my tailbone trying. I'm not even going to say how. You can read about it on our blog, though. Yeah, yeah, I wrote a blog post about it. I was trying to do something stupid. Blog.maxsales.com. No, I'm just I'm I'm showing Patrick how to hold his microphone. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what you It's a good thing was. we don't videotape these. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah, that showing him how to hold there. the microphone. Yeah. Thank um, God we're not videotaping this. Yeah, so I I've got my desk raised and I don't know, it's just better for you. I've heard so many stories of people ending up with blood clots in their legs because they sit in their computer chair for eight, nine hours a day and I, I tend to do it sixteen. I, I I'd rather just be a little healthier. I mean I just dropped fifty five pounds. Uh, aside from the smoking, I'm doing pretty good. Hey, no one's no one's perfect. So this week week we're coming to you is the week of Halloween as well as the following week elections. So to start off, um, and as most of our loyal listeners know, and we'll hear the, the multitude of applause out there, um, I want to start off with a little piece of information that maybe most of you that follow all things Apple and tech maybe might have missed. But um, do you know that the Apple CEO, Steve Jobs, and President Obama had a one-on-one meeting recently? And they met to discuss energy independence, competitiveness, and education. Now, be careful with that. Let's just say what your thoughts are on uh, uh, those topics and the meeting of the two perhaps most important men in America at this point. Uh, I, I'm not surprised. Uh, Steve Jobs is at a level um, that... 99.99999% of people will never attain in that w- without any, with complete literalness, he can have anything he wants. He wants to have the president come to him. <laughs> okay. He, I mean, think about it. Think about the national deficit and how much money Apple has in the bank, which company's doing better. Hmm. You know, the federal government so, or Apple. Hmm. Yeah. You know, look at that. I mean, and, for Steve, for uh, Obama to be talking to him about any kind of policies like that, I mean, why not go after people that are successful, that have learned from failures and grown? So I, don't, I, I see it as a win-win, and it's it's a great quip for the Daily Show. There you go. Anybody else on the table on that? I'm sorry, I was I dozed off there for a moment. Oh, it's, we mentioned politics, it's so you politics, checked out. So therefore, okay, well, it's not going to work anyway. So well, then that may not well. As, as, as you that's always, your opinion, right. Yeah, yeah that's and my as, opinion. And, and as you are always uh, a wordsmith here, then this topic probably won't interest you as well because we're going right back into politics. And again, um, a little more obscure but kind of interesting. It, uh, it said consumers' hearts bleed red and blue, obviously colors of the political or leading political parties in this country at this point, but um, that if you're a Democrat or a Republican, and we're not going to go into the 
uh, pros and cons of those, but that depending upon the party you align yourself with, that also reflects on how you rate brands. So, um, and who was this by? I always have to give attribution here. Um, it was by AdAge that did this study. And Google is the top brand for Democrats, while Republicans rank Fox News tops. <laughs> okay, well, we're just going to leave that there. <laughs> but, but hold on. And Fox News doesn't even appear on the Democrats' top ten favorite list. So let's There's run down. Are you the news or? It's top brands, top ten brands for oh, Republicans okay. and Democrats. So here we go. Uh, for the Democrats, the top brand is Google, Sony, Discovery Channel, UPS, Craftsman, Johnson & Johnson, Cheerios, History Channel, FedEx, and Amazon. Alternatively, on the Republican side, if you're a um, you know, uh, right-leaner, it's Fox News Channel, History Channel, Craftsman, Discovery Channel, Johnson & Johnson, UPS, Fox, FedEx, Lowe's, and Cheerios. So... Um, seen a lot of crossover there, so just tell us. I I think we should really look at the important issue here in that good job Cheerios. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And if you, I mean, I think that's a load of garbage as far as the whole article is concerned. Well, what do you mean? Everybody uses everything. Well, I just think. I use almost everything on that list on both sides. Hmm. And I I know I lean a certain direction, but I'll leave that to myself, but I use everything on there. I, I just think it's interesting that with election right around the corner, and we'll see, I think it's just an article news exclusive. piece to fill up ad space. Okay, so what you're saying is I'm just filling space here that we have nothing else to talk about. No, okay, I well, that no, it was used to fill in space in that, in that whatever you got that from. That's well, what it was used. The for. biggest news on Mac people's mind is the Mac event that just occurred. So, much ado about that, Chris. I understand you have a lot of thoughts about that. Uh, take it away, man. Oh, goody. Yeah, I did have a whole bunch of thoughts. I, I looked at a. A lot of it. Um, I don't know if you saw Mike P's article on uh, on the blog. Um, looked at a couple of things. I mean, I got a chance to play with the uh, new iLife Suite. Uh, Sweet. Well, Suite is uh, it can only be used one way in this way. Uh, the new stuff in iTunes or in I'm sorry, GarageBand. Yeah, mediocre. Might is it be more used- reliable at least, or no? Um. I haven't had any crashes with it. Uh, That'd be my although we were pl- though we were playing with it here for the podcast being recorded on GarageBand 11. Uh, we had a, f- a few driver issues, but that's about it. Uh, we, once we reinstalled the drivers, I think everything worked out okay. Takes a little getting used to. There's some new stuff that's installed drivers. What what? Oh, uh, for our this is a Mac, right? Well, for the items that come in, they there like are a Windows problem. No, you still need them for some Mac right. items. I mean, let's face it, can't they can't do everything. They're not omniscient. <laughs> I'm, I'm the first person to say they're not omniscient. Uh, they omitted or omission? Omniscient. Ah, yes, that's a, that's your uh, fifty cent word for the day, there, Grant. Okay. Here. Um, I don't know if anybody – I haven't had a chance to play with uh, iPhoto yet, which is unusual because I'm usually in there all the time. Um, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to play with – I haven't had the suite yet. Ah, gotcha. Um, I, I mean, I generally like the stuff they have to offer. They're showing their demos. I mean, I agree with kind of some of the forums online that said, well, with iMovie, with those movie trailer things, it's going to get really boring to see a bunch of those things online. Yeah, I haven't really even – 
50 or 25 different type of themes, but yeah, I, I haven't even cool touched on iMovie yet. People kind of, you're not going to look up iMovie theme and want to see everybody's different iMovie, but passing around through families or whatever, it's fun and quirky, so it might be people's first exposure. It'll be cute for that. the, maybe the first month, and it's going to, I'd probably get old well before that, that whole movie trailer thing. Unfortunately, I won't be using a iMovie anyway, just simply because, well, their interfaces sucked since iMovie 09. That that horrible timeline oh, yeah. thing, or it, it's it's not like. Oh, you still have iMovie six HD or something like that? Yeah, I would, I would let, if I use iMovie, it'll be six HD basically, or yeah, I like HD. the timeline version better as well. Yeah, the at this point, it's just better off to you know kick in the extra bucks, go to uh, Final Cut Express, and get a you know a real editor. Oh, that'd be a, a bit intimidating for uh, Grandma. Yeah, but at that point, I, well, I mean, you got to look at the intended audience. You're you're not just slapping some snapshots together and and putting something together in front for the family. You're looking to have actual functionality. That's well, not- no, actually, I was talking along the lines of you know just doing something for you know uh, like with my friends, we used to do uh, videos for whatever theater program we were in at a, at a time, mm-hmm. do a music video to it or something like that. Uh, the older interface was just really easy. Oh, this clip here, this clip here. This clip here. Now it's got little slider bars and yeah, the new ones all drag it, it, and drop to make it kind of like no timeline exists. Yeah, and you can't but, really figure out. I had a hard time figuring out. Okay, which is my sources? Which is the actual editing? It, it, it didn't make any sense to it's, anybody it's one of those who's things used to using hard, a real. Editor. It's hard to step down to from because you're at a certain level. Anybody in this room probably at a certain level as far as respect to how the advance the software they can use. But for normal people that haven't learned video editing at all. I could see where there's an advantage there to just throw your photos in and it just automatically sets a time for you and you just press play and it, it works. Mm. And it might be Apple's, you know, the movie theater uh, type trailer type things might be Apple's nice way of saying, don't show us an hour long slideshow, Grandma, of you going to Italy. Please just show us a three minute video. Yeah, that, and I, I am thankful for iMovie for one very important reason. Have you seen the videos that people make with Windows Movie Maker? Oh, it's terrible. Yes, I have. I'd oh, yeah. much rather watch the same damn theme 10,000 times on, on 10,000 different videos and actually have the text readable where it's not pixelated aerial that's out of proportion or Comic Sans, for the love of God. <laughs> um, Comic Sans, is, should, just use of that should be considered a war crime at this point. It, it has a place. It does. It's <laughs> it's in the garbage. Um, but I, I am thankful that it's at least given forced people into a better aesthetic. Granted, is it repeated? Yes, but it's still better. It's not even the re- repetition. It's just uh, my main problem with iMovie in general is just its terrible, terrible interface. Okay, so is this kind of on the theme that Mike had, Mike Perry, um, on the blog that Apple is forcing everyone into a one-size-fits-all? And should they have then created a pro, much as we like that word, a pro version so that those that have uh, experience in video editing can use that while grandma and those that are switching over from Windows to Mac for the first time because of the halo effect of all the iDevices, they at least can get their feet wet and then graduate. No. Well, the problem is you can't graduate from iMovie, the new current version. You can and graduate from so the previous that. version due to the timeline. But that's what I mean. Yeah. The current version is, should the current version have had two levels? No. No, no. It, it's, this it's, is software for the general masses. If you want something nice... Go out and get Final Cut or go out and get Pinnacle or, or whatever you want to use. 
This is for consumption by the general masses to make your little YouTube videos of you dancing in your mom's bedroom. This, if you wow. want to do anything complex, you get better software. This is this is for the college kids. This is for the moms and the grandmas. This is not for the geeks. And they've made Final Cut Express so approachable in price now at one ninety nine. I mean, absolutely three ninety nine. It went to two, and then it went to one ninety nine. So unless you're dancing in your underwear in your bedroom or you're making cute little videos of your kids, get better software. This is for the general consumption by the masses. And and viewing it as anything other than that is just asinine. And iPhoto actually integrates um, slideshow creation really well. You don't have to dunk it into iMovie to make it. You just make it in iMovie itself, export the video out, and you're good to go. It can be however long you want, whatever music you want synced with it. I throw it on a DVD and throw it in a... A Blu-ray player for my kid's birthday, but that's well, see, it. that's the problem with uh, their. They haven't really done anything with iDVD either. But it works. It works, but not very well. Your better bet is to just take your movie, export it as a full-size, uh, you know, your full HD movie, and then export it uh, to a Blu-ray using the method we. I believe it's on our blog, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, we have did a little have a little walkthrough. It's probably better to do that with Toast. Okay. Uh, IDVD is just kind of pointless at well, this point. Here's the thing, though, and I want to make it on the fly. I forgot to make one for my daughter's second birthday. I made this in 10 minutes without thinking about it. I burned the disc while I prepped other things in the party, got the disc through it in the player, and I was done. And that, to me, that's empowerment. It might be simplistic, but it's empowerment. It is enabling me to do that. You're a modern man. Well, before this becomes beating a horse called iMovie, um, what else about the Nunamac, uh do we have our takes on, our, our likes, dislikes, pros, cons, etc.? What about the Mac Store, Mac App Store? I hope that's not the only way. No, they, made, they, they already stated that that will not be the only way you can get applications. It's just an easier way to get the more general ones. So you can get Minecraft. That's, you know. That would be just, that would be terrible. That would be the death knell no. for the platform. No, no. I, I don't mind downloading a 5-gig photo flop. No, he definitely, they know better. That's, yeah, it, it'll work on a, on a on a super closed platform like the iPhone that from the start only allowed people to develop in a certain mm-hmm. method. The the Apple is the 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 Mac is is too open. They they won't keep it there. They're just making one central area, uh, much like Linux does. Uh, some of the distros you have one central area where you can look for the most common app. Right, and I think that's great for the grandmas and the moms and the general masses. Oh well, yeah, I, for us I, geeks, we do have other options. Yeah, well, Actually, I, I, I would, use, I would use both. Because there, there are certain times, like on the iPad, I'm like, well, why can't I use this app that I just bought for six bucks on my Mac? Even though I know it's the touch environment or whatever, but the, there are certain apps that just trans that could translate well for both. I'm like, well, I wouldn't mind playing Pac-Man. Well, the <laughs> on both, you know? I, I I do like the concept of that. It'll do the automatic updates. No, going to version tracker every day or Mac update. Yeah. I actually reference version tracker. Holy cow, how old is that? Um, still valid though, I think. Uh, but no, I'd go to Mac update every day. Rather than that, I can just have it show up in software update. That, that's a, that is a good, uh, option for it. Other than that though, you know, I'd, I'd be just very leery about, uh, you know. You got the quick pickup games and all that, all yeah. the small stuff that, cause I mean, where the, the iPod changed the game. I mean, you got Nintendo mm-hmm. saying that, uh, Apple's a bigger threat than Microsoft for their gaming development. So you got these quick games that you can buy for two or three bucks and entertain a kid or yourself for hours on end, possibly. I mean, they're not going to have the depth that some of the console games have, but it brings in the possibility that certain games that don't require touching, but you can use your mouse on or a touch trackpad if that works with it, too. That just makes it as a possibility to change the game. No, I don't need a $40 game. I can do a $3. 
And it's it's genius in that when you're in the grocery store and you're going to check out, you've got all these little 50-cent dollar items. Like, it's just a dollar. Every time, it's just a dollar. Now, granted, you're spending 400 bucks a month, but you don't even realize it because at the time, it's just a dollar. Mm-hmm. By, by providing this avenue for developers to sell cheaper software that's potentially much easier to, to create and spit out, much like a lot of the iPhone apps, uh, it's just going to generate another huge bucket of revenue. And I think what they're doing is genius because on one level, it's great because you're finding a bunch of cheap stuff that has single purpose that's fun for a while. And for the for Apple and for the developers, they're making hand over fist because now they, they have a centralized location to shove it in people's faces. And well, you know money. what? Uh, speaking of politics, I could almost say that that sounds like a certain kind of political party uh, belief. And I don't know if that would be begin with a big C. But, um, you know, a lot of developers are not too thrilled about the App Store. Is this becoming more of a controlled, one-size-fits-all uh distribution method where, and I, I hear what you're saying, Patrick, however, um, you know, who's really making the money there? Is that really a free open market? Because uh, if you're, if you've got a closed system, like, well, the iPad, can you run any app on it? No, you have to get it from the app store, right? So well, then you're going to create a Mac now that will get a droid and a Kindle have fun. Well, but nonetheless have, has, this was supposed to be the technology for the rest of us. At least that's what many of us old stalwarts came to the table for it still and, is. and now well how do you, how do you but if you're telling me i don't have a choice that i have to go to one location to right, get no anything i want to, to run it. on it well no one forces well, me to buy it but that 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 the app store for you can always the jailbreak Mac, man you can uh, the, the actual <laughs> we've we've gone from os 10 to ios now where we've shifted this discussion here uh going back to mac os we've already established here patrick is already established there's going to be other venues for installing applications onto your mac they're, they're going to live in sync together not in right. of each other they're, okay. they're not going to be exclusive it's one well and apple couldn't the do other. that because they would pretty much kill their platform immediately yeah with with all the fights they're having with adobe right now photoshop could easily go away if they were going to try and force something like that with a 70 30 split especially that also brings up the point of lion and tigers and bears but lion what do you think of Lion? Well, the main thing was, well, one of the things in Lion was this whole App Store thing. But the other thing that kind of annoys me that's coming in from iOS is this, uh, was that Springboard that they called it or Launchpad or whatever it is? Like, okay. No, that's not, not mission control. Mission control is actually a combi- is actually something pretty cool. Are you talking about where the apps don't yeah. actually, uh, close? They kind of stay in a suspended mode? It, it, it looks, it looks basically like the interface for the iPad, which would be great for the simple finder, but I'm sorry, give me back my desktop. Well, it doesn't take over your desktop. Yeah. It, no, it, it's like a dashboard where if you activate it, then you have your icons show up for you. Yeah, I actually I, think it's kind of interesting. I, like my question is, uh, and they tend to not do this, will they give you an option to disable that? There, there's certain things that you don't get an option to disable that really, really piss me off. Uh, the, the finder on the iPhone, mm-hmm. swipe all the way to the left, I never use it, and it, I, I constantly accidentally go to that screen, and I just want to stick. Turn it off. Yeah. Right. And it's <laughs> like, I'll, I'll leave the violence out of it, but man, it really upsets me, and it's a time waste for me. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the, uh, that this springboard or launch pad or whatever it's called is, uh, is a selectable option like the simple finder in OS well, 10. Now. I was guessing just from watching the presentation that they gave, um, 
that would be as disableable as you can disable dashboard. You just turn off the uh, function key for it, and you don't get it. Don't make a hot corner, and you'll never see it. As long as it doesn't take, as long as they don't take away the actual finder itself, so I can still no, find all those. They won't take it away. Well, I don't know. Sometimes no, if, they, I, if I lost Finder, I would be screwed. Yeah, <laughs> I would be absolutely screwed. Yeah, no one's come up with a good paradigm to get rid of folder structures or anything like that. I mean, Google's trying with their Chrome OS, but even then, you have folders on the cloud. Well, and like, okay, Chrome OS and things like that, like I said, are great for general masses, just like the iPad. It's a neat little thing that'll get you basic functionality. But for any kind of developer, anything like that, you cannot lose the finder you cannot lose these specific tools because with the thousands and tens of thousands of files that we generate have to manage and organize uh uh-uh, that iphone interface will not work the ios interface no matter, yeah no matter how nicely touchable they could make it it would just generally be a nightmare trying to manage no because then i'd be stuck in terminal all day navigating my machine because i'd have no other options yeah that would be and there'd be a miserable. lot of people with pitchforks and, and and torches up at jobs's house saying wtf man one of the uh, bigger announcements, too, at the uh, event was the product announcement of the MacBook Air. Mega thin, uh, slower processors, but... Uh, it's a netbook! It's a netbook, but no, you know, it's not from what I've heard, that thing with the SSD, that the, just the whole combination, the SSD, the flash memory, the, the, the speed of it is supposed to be ridiculous. Yeah, it's, no, it's notebook fast. It. it keeps up with the power book, or the MacBook <laughs> film power. age. MacBook Pro 13-inch in speed with the SSD combination. And, and with the reference to pitchforks, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to be the, the contrarian here and say, great, you just bought a planned obsolescence machine. It's going to last you three years because you're going to max the uh, capabilities of it with the built-in SSD. And supposedly, and um, we'll obviously be looking into those things as well, but um, the only thing you may be able to upgrade is the uh, SSD. But other than that, great. You've just basically taken out any kind of upgradability, um, and you will, be have, you will have to get a new machine in two, three years. Well, it depends on the user, really, how big your music library, how, is your, how big your photo library is, and then if you also store that on an external drive instead. And it's got the extra USB port now, so you can, and it's easier. Look at you guys. And you're just part of the cult. It's like oh, a kind of experience. What it is? No, wanna... it, it is that that one little device, just like a PSP is. It, it's single purpose. It's for sitting on the couch or sitting on the plane, surfing the web. It doesn't it doesn't weigh a lot. It can probably take a bit of a beating because it's all solid components. So single purpose should it be called MacBook then? Should it even have that name? Yes. No, it shouldn't. It's closer to an iPad. No. Let's throw the iOS on it. Yeah, and yeah, let's call it the iBook keyboard. then. Let's go back let to iBook you, then. Let me, let me all the already been used. Let but me like, give you a little bit of historical perspective on that. You're just not thinking upon the user on this case. Um, when the first MacBook Air came out, I thought it was a piece of garbage because of the same reasons you're talking about. But my executive at my last company loved it. Why? Because they're traveling around everywhere on the plane. Even a 13-inch MacBook Pro would have been heavy. So you, you say, hey, here's cut half the weight and the bulk and do everything you want. And as an enterprise user, they weren't storing their photos. They weren't storing their stuff. They were working on it. How many Word docs can you fill on 65 gig? But at that Quite point, wouldn't your precious iPad be the better uh, option? Yes and no. If well, you're well, typing a lot, if, if you're typing a, a lot. Keyboard. No, you got to get the Bluetooth keyboard, which yeah, that adds the bulk of the iPad, and that 11-inch MacBook Air is really small, and it has a full-size keyboard on it. So 
I would just say different perspective. Someone who doesn't use it for all their media and everything. Yeah, you, but you even so, get a MacBook Pro, man. Uh, a grand on the low end for that? That's Hell cheap. no! Exactly. They cut the price in half. Exactly. You're charging you're charging MacBook price for less than MacBook functionality or or expandable performance, right. but expandability and the ability to use that to your devices and needs and uh, future ongoing needs, not just here it is and it's toasterized. You're going to make two slices, and you want four? Too bad. You're going to have to buy a four slicer. You missed part of the equation there. The size is part of that component. So you always paid for miniaturization. Okay. And that thing is small and light. And so if you're interested in that, but if you're if you're just a casual user, why you wouldn't get the MacBook or the MacBook Pro 13, you're right. But if there's a specific need or niche or lightness you need, or you like the speed that the SSD offers. I mean, even Apple's SSD rated at 150 or whatever. That's that's three times faster than the hard drive built in. And the problem life. with this is, is it's it, it, it's because of its size, because of its limited expandability, because of its limited functionality. You don't. What's it, limited it, on the functionality? I could add a video on that. You cut a video on that. Yeah. You'd have to have an ex- external monitor because there's no way in hell you could to. do it on an 11-inch screen. Okay, I added a video on you, a. You're looking at the wrong user base. base. Yeah. Think about the college kid. Let me toss a scenario at you. You're in college. You wake up from a bender because you're in college, and you're 20 minutes late for class, and there's a really important lecture today. You 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 toss all your crap in a bag. You you book ass. You run to, uh, to class. You sit down. Now you got to wait for your laptop to boot up before you can start taking notes because you don't have a pen because you're an idiot kid. Instant on. It is on. You open it, hit a button, and you start typing. Ah, uh, time to go. for shameless plug. The OWC SSD can do that in the MacBook and MacBook Pro. It's and not instant on. Well, it's not, it's, watch, is, the, watch the videos on our site, brother. Oh, it's, it's, like, it's, it's damn fast, and I will not deny that. And I, I am, I am begging for one in my MacBook Pro because I don't have one yet, and I would. Oh my God, do I want one? But still saying this is instant on. You open it, you go. You don't wait 30 seconds for the boot. 24. But even, even 24. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's still ridiculously fast, yeah, but we, that we, instant on. That on. How many of you out there? Uh, standard MacBooks. It's called Sleep. Right. I, I use Sleep Mode religiously since the iBook came out in 99. That's, that's I think I restart my MacBook Pro maybe once a month. Right. So, I mean, Sleep Mode negates that a little bit, but I mean, the speed of SSD is not to be. Negated. I'm sorry. A, I'm sorry. The price for what you're getting for the limit, it, it, it's limited. I think the price is actually cut in half. I mean, they got it it's down cut to in half. Okay. You know, From seventeen. Well, half about a it. turd is still a turd. Well, if I was going to pull a McLaughlin group uh, kind of consensus on this, I'd say the table split. We've got Patrick and Michael in one corner, and Grant and. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. They're going to sell 700,000 these things. Yeah, well, it's projected, and we'll see. But you know what? That's cool. More power to them. I just won't be one of those 700,000. But I think it's great they're building products that are just more than what they have. Okay. I'll give so, you that. Go, going out on a limb yeah. and saying, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to see what it does. If you, if you like this, you might like this. And if you're, if you're X amount of customer, you might like this instead. There's dare we choice. Say, dare we say it's what should have been the iPad. But we won't go there. No. We'll, uh, we'll move no. on no, to another we don't have topic. An hour and a half for Michael to keep talking. <laughs> okay, so love it or leave it, um, you know the table is divided on the MacBook Air, which really brings us to perhaps a regardless of your position is is this the future of computing? And even more direct to Apple, um, some people are saying that this really could be the 
early death knell ding of Intel platform for Apple and that they'll really be moving everything to the ARM architecture that obviously powers iOS-based devices. I mean, it, it completely depends on whether they uh, really bring over all the iOS stuff into into Lion or whatever, but, I mean, they could probably make the switch to ARM if they wanted to. I don't see the benefit of it. With the, with Wouldn't you kind of lose everything on the high end? The ARMs aren't exactly... I yeah. mean, they're, they're... They're they're mobile now, but they're catching they're mobile, up quick. But... I mean, think about three years ago, they're at 400 megahertz. Now they're at one gigahertz. But you're right. I mean, you're you're missing a lot of power there. So, I mean, I, I try not to agree with anybody who says the future of computing because I think there's so many different ways to compute. People are going to have more choices, such as the iPad, the iPhone, I consider a computer, iPod Touch, and your laptops or your desktop. People will pick whatever they want. There might be a prevailing dominant platform, but I don't. Eventually, you hit commoditization in the processor speed anyway, fast is fast enough for anybody to type or do email or go online and do video. So, well, you got to go back to the whole PowerPC uh, platform and there really wasn't any kind of uh, huge outcry from developers or users when it switched from that to Intel. And, you know, looking at ARM, supposedly um, OS X runs on ARM, um, has no problems doing so. Well, and again, Remember is that this... iOS is a light version of OS X when it originated. However, right. Deviated from that, but there's still... A ver they actually, when iPhone first came out, they called it a small version of OS X. It wasn't even called iOS. Very true. That's right. Yep. And oh. but the, while we were okay with going from PowerPC to Intel, it's only because it was a lateral or forward move. I'm, I'm still yeah, it took seeing, about a year and a half to get faster. Yeah. Well, but it was still a visible forward move. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, Steve Jobs saw the road roadmap, and there was a heavy roadblock on the G5 architecture for scaling down in size. So. He needed it faster. Otherwise, they're going to get obliterated in three years. So he saw a three-year roadmap, said, we need it. Done. So we're on Intel. Well, and doesn't ARM allow Apple to actually basically program and design their own chip? Yeah. That's how they're getting, that's how, like, when the iPad competitors come out, in fact, yeah, like HP is releasing the 799 slate uh, for the holiday season to compete on the iPad market. I mean, I disagree with any article that says it's going to compete. You know, it, it's $300 more than the base iPad and, you're dead right there. Well, I've been, uh, it, it, it could be a spooky or horrific theme, but uh, I still say this comes back to, we are controlling your minds. And to me, uh, and it's Grant talking to you here, is, is that um, this is control, and control may be good, and it may be bad. Well, from a, from a product design standpoint, Apple has an advantage of how they can Take a processor, make it custom for their battery life. For all the other tablet makers, tend to have to use off-the-shelf items, so that adds to their bulk, size, price, and battery capacity. So a full custom solutions that's fully integrated, you're going to have some advantages there. You can go back to like the Sony Walkmans or whatever. I mean, they were all made custom for the size that it needed to use at that point. Just different. Well, and products. you know, maybe um, part of the ability for Apple to even make that kind of switches is that. They're planning a massive retail expansion in 2011. They currently have 317 stores, 84 of which are outside the U.S., and they are planning on opening 40 to 50 new locations worldwide next year. So maybe, um, you know, um, in, a, in a challenging time in our country, they're growing, you know, hand over fist. And, you know, basically 
<laughs> they could basically do whatever they want to do. So we could talk all about the future of computing and, and what the insides of these machines may look like, but um, inevitably with this kind of growth, they've got their own roadmap and they're going to follow it. Yeah, I mean, again, going back to future of computing, though, I mean, do you care what's inside as long as the darn thing works? Does Intel inside become less important? Hmm. Good point. The main point is, is as long as you don't lose power, as long as you don't make a uh, go on a downward path or right. a severe, or at least a severe downward step. Right. You I, know, I mean, I think they're going to be around for a long time. Yeah. You know, talking about the stores, a um, little tidbit, and I always feel like, um, what was uh, what was the postman on Cheers? I'm drawing a blank. Norm, Cliffy. right? Cliff. Cliffy. Cliffy. That's right. Okay, well. No, it's I've, a little known fact there, Normie pal. <laughs> perfect. You should be reading this. That the uh, four new stores in China are the highest trafficked in the world and are among the highest performing. Uh, Spain uh, is the 11th country with retail stores after opening new locations in Barcelona and Madrid. So just a little uh, uh, well, tidbit for you there. Are by China? I mean, their population density in their cities is massive. I don't know, but highest Although performing. Although I found and... it interesting a couple of weeks ago, wasn't the, uh, one of the ones in Beijing uh, shut down due to the uh, iPhone 4 scalpers? scalpers yeah. Oh, that was interesting. I enjoyed reading that. It, was, it, it really looked like just pandemonium. You could have filmed that and made a horror movie, I think, out of it. It would be great anyway. Well, I mean, the scalpers weren't, I mean, they were making money, but they weren't making gobs. They were just selling it for like 20, 30 bucks more. But it was just, it was but just so volume. out in the open volume. and brazen. They're just like, hey, come here. We, we, they're like, you know, I was hoping that someone had like a coat on. It was like, yeah. really camp it up and have like an overcoat. And it's like, we got your iPad right here for you. I mean, down dark alleys, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I was not surprised by China because their population density is yeah. really, really big. I just, no surprise here. Just, you know, it's one of the little things you can go home and say, you hey, honey, guess China's, what? Last year when, or, um, oh, a year and a half ago when China's trains broke down. Their, their people really commute in, in and out of the cities. I mean, they had 200,000 people in the streets. They couldn't go anywhere because the trains were stuck. So for about a whole week, you had people living in the street. I mean, their, their density is huge. I, I just yeah. don't see it as a surprise. Okay. Well, closer to home then, um, Apple invested in the North Clybourne Station in Chicago. And it's still formally known that, but locals are already calling it the Apple Stop. And let me see, what did they invest into this place? What uh, line's that on? That would be the red line, and they invested close to Apple. Dig this. They invested $4 million into the North Clybourne Station. They, they, well, somebody they, had to. The city wasn't. Well, okay, but here, again, <laughs> we're talking about control. And man, I mean, I'm, just, I'm pounding that home. I'm killing the monster today. <clears throat> Is that they don't have anything to do with transportation. Yet. Okay, I took the punchline from Chris. Um, they have nothing to do with the CTA in Chicago, and yet because this is the stop closest to their store, and I'll, I'll have to read this to see how close it is. I mean, it's not like it's, it's just... It's part of the block. Well, It's part of the grouping. Of, you got the store and the station are next to each other, and they share a common area that has like trees and sitting tables and all that. And, and they've actually expressed interest in calling it the Apple Red Line Stop. And... CTA now is exploring the possibility of selling naming rights to its stations. It just it, anything it, to help with the community. Oh, Chicago, everything. It's for not sale the community. It's all about nice. the ah uh, moment. You come in there, and so that you the you know, pictures the are very it's, it's it's it's, it's they, they want people to be Magoo. They want to take the glasses off. Of, if people don't know what I'm talking about. It's Mr. Magoo. Magoo. And, and, Magoo. And <laughs> he was Magoo. voiced by Mr. Howell. <laughs> he always saw things. 
bright and sparkly and shiny as long as he didn't have his glasses on. And he was horrified when he put the glasses on and saw what the city truly was. And, and Apple goes in and, you know, I mean. They renovated the historical building and made it nice again. I mean, some of those buildings just need that work. I don't care who does it. You know, these things are dilapidated. The bums that that sleep in the station. Well, no, wait a second. So this person that goes there, they emerge to see a giant glowing box of glass, stone, and polished jewel. A tech retail jewel. The person goes. Oh, it is very impressive store. I mean, if you get to the open window side, you see clear through it. It's pretty cool. Well, I'll never visit there. I don't. I don't happen to get down there that often. But I guess. Um, as 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 crabby as I've been today about Apple, maybe yeah. um, I'll I'll, yes. I'll give them a tip of the hat, saying, okay, you know what? That's kind of cool that you um, invested in kind of a rundown area. It's it's they're a challenging not doing it area. Selflessly. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, they're not doing it selflessly, but um, you know, I, I suppose if they're uh, now, if they email us and tell us they did do part of it selflessly, that would be great. Yeah. Now, in uh, related news, do we have one in, you know, like a Microsoft train station in the middle of rural <laughs> somewhere? Well, trains, they don't like when trains crash, so we won't bring <laughs> that up. All right, so moving right along. Um, well, speaking it, of Microsoft, well, you can take that baton. Yeah. Speaking of Microsoft, I mean, Apple and Microsoft are going to have their work cut out for them because Russia says they are going to create a Windows rival. They plan to revamp their computer services and make a rival to reduce its dependent on the U.S. giant Microsoft. They're looking for better security on the computer. And <laughs> wait a second, they, they are going to throw the money at it too. I mean, they're going to—they've earmarked 150 million rubles. When you translate that down to U.S. dollars, about five million. So, I mean, they probably could have got away with spending less, right? Well. Boy, just the, the whole aspect, and I think there's everyone's just like sitting here biting their lips, wanting to come out with the first thing on on this Russia and Windows. And um, since I mentioned Magoo earlier, I'm just going to say Moose and Squirrel create operating system. Yes, we call it Windows Beta. Well, I just uh, okay, whatever. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, this is sanctioned by, I, I, I'm sorry, I just heard Windows and Russia and my head went to, well, to Moose and Squirrel. What's funny is a lot of a lot of countries have developed their own operating system, but they usually don't announce it and say it's going to be a rival to Windows. I mean, there's so much, so many billions of dollars Microsoft has put into that and time spent that to think you can build it a competitor for five million dollars is kind of naive. It just shows you're naive. I'm just kind of picturing uh, like Cold War era comparisons between United States technology and Russian technology. I know that's no longer the case. Oh, come on, the USSR doesn't exist anymore. But I'm just picturing it. So uh, I'm picturing very sharp angles on all the windows. And well, you're right. I mean, the aesthetics. A very blocky sans serif. Uh, you're speaking to production values, and, and yeah, other parts of the world are definitely different from the U.S. and the U.S. dominates a lot of product out. Well, in other news, um, whether it be Apple and or just gadget-related, this week Sony announced that it has finally retired the Walkman cassette tape player, and supposedly that makes it one of the most successful consumer gadgets of all time. One of the really interesting uh, aspects to this announcement, and people are probably like sitting at this table, the Walkman was still sold, I guess, yeah, overseas. Um, It was still... I think they're still going to keep it in Japan. Well, no, I oh, think that's where it was being sold, and okay. that's where they're finally ending the sale of it. So, right. um, well, Like with anything Sony, they're the last ones to know. 
but it's <laughs> but the uh, the relevancy to the uh, apple sphere uh, that's a good word apple sphere uh, is that um, John Scully we won't we'll just end there uh, and uh, Steve Aww. went to uh, visit Akio Morita and at the uh, Sony plant and they were just blown away by one of the first Sony Walkmans and according to um, Scully, in an interview with uh, Leander Kennedy of the Cult of Mac blog, Steve was just totally blown away by it and took the first thing he did was take it apart. And so, the first um, thing I did with my first Walkman was take it apart. <laughs> I mean, man. worked out well, huh? But uh, the 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 question is, or the premise is, is that the Walkman designers likely influenced the first iPod. Okay, I'll I'll let. Respond to that with a very simple statement. Duh. Yeah, well, really all portable devices have pretty much the same form factor. And just the concept of the Walkman, okay, bring your own music along with you in a very portable fashion. Okay, great. Yeah, you had the Walkman, the Discman, the iPod. It's a natural pr- progression. What's amazing is how long that product lasts. I mean, you're talking, what, late 70s, very early 80s for the real expensive models that first came out, and then... Mid 80s with a bunch of other brands making it their versions of it and the original Sony Walkman. You're talking, geez, if if they just retired it now, you're talking a 30 year lifespan. But I would say 10 it was on life support. Mm. And didn't they have like a MP3 player that they were branding as a Walkman? Well, for that's a while? the whole other thing. A, a company that should have made the iPod didn't. And that was that was part of the uh, uh, take on this out in the uh, world of forums and blogs and everything else is, is that they created the hardware platform, but they blew it in the software. And I'm not familiar with this, but they said that there was something called the Sony Connect that absolutely was just, it, it bombed at retail. It was the whole, it was the whole DRM thing. Apple got it right somehow. And uh, well, Sony Apple, was too concerned about protecting its music. No, well, you the can't other thing copy is uh, corporate structure. Um, it's, it said that Sony was made for consumer electronics where it's very, you know, siloed in different areas, and Apple has the power of no and the power of yes, and everybody works more as a team together for one part. So your soft Apple has always won out as far as software and hardware integration. Oh yeah. Once you add that huge software component, you're talking about a company that's had already 20 years at you know early 2000 making OSs. You know, someone argue you know, 25, 30, but you know 20 solid years with a solid OS out there, so they know how to make software that works with people. How to have people use it? And you have the power of knowing Steve Jobs saying, "No, this is garbage. Redo it because it's not simple enough." You know, Sony just didn't have that structure, so they couldn't make it even if they wanted to. But at least we could say that they were the um, the parents, the grandparents, the the founders of the portable music scene. And to them, well, there were the, the portable uh, transistors radio before that. Yeah. So, so your portable saying the fathers of portable music. You, you're no. okay. Well, all right. I, I will portable correct personal. myself by the portable, personal, yeah. created, stored, um, desired, preferenced music. And the playlist has gotten a lot bigger. Ten songs per site on a, yeah. on a cassette. Well, and 20 songs total. Trying to figure out where you go to your next song. And hear oh, you kept the play button mashed on. I would yeah. just stop and fast forward. I didn't want to wait. I wanted to hear it because then you could hear that pause and you're like, good. <laughs> All right, well, so we got to wrap this up for our Halloween election episode and trick or treat. Uh, and then we'll do a uh, baddest 
movie monster opinion. But trick or treat, um, this That's really got us walking down the street. You can't tell whether she's a trick or a treat. Oh boy, here we go. Um, this really got a lot of us really going, and it was kind of funny because the uh, Nielsen. Uh, in case those of you that don't ever have a TV uh, in your life or um, are just don't even know what I'm talking about. Nielsen is a it's top a research company, thing. and they reported first that um, nearly two-thirds of iPad owners were not downloading applications. Nearly, nearly a third of uh, uh, owners haven't downloaded anything. And I kept saying, how can this possibly be? There's no way this makes sense. And right away, Mike H. came in with. Yeah, I mean, at first I'm like, well, I'd like to see the sample survey, but it does make a little bit of sense to me that people would do that because you have businesses like uh, Mercedes dealers or whoever. Uh, Doctor's a, offices. Yeah, they just need a particular app, or they can use the base apps for everything they need or have access to because maybe it's online or on the Internet. But as with any survey, I go, I always kind of question, hey, what who did they survey? Because if they surveyed thirty percent dealerships and the rest were, you know, then it would be skewed. Now, it, you said they're not downloading apps, or they weren't downloading any apps they, whatsoever. They okay, they're not base. downloading apps, but are they are they accessing information otherwise? Is you have being to, using it as as a as an, or, yeah, are you yeah, using but, Safari? So they're still using it. Come on, if you can fog a mirror, you've probably downloaded an app. I mean, you you don't have to be a power user to even find something that would be interesting, well, and so. In that regard, though, as a, as a supposed power user, I guess I would say, I'm with the iPad, um, I find myself, 90% of my usage is with the base apps. I can use a lot with uh, iBooks. I can use a lot with Safari and email. Yeah, it's just because you can doesn't mean you do. Yeah. I still, so. And that goes into the whole. So I questioned it, and yeah. <clears throat> I have to say that I was right. So. To a guys, degree. You guys get to eat caramel corn or candied corn or whatever it I is. I don't eat crow on that. <laughs> because. It was actually then the very next day Nielsen updated it to a much more believable 91% of iPad users have downloaded apps. Well, so if, if, they, if the article had originally come out and said 91%, would that have still shocked you? Is that still? No, that that's that makes sense to me. That's that's the, people are. that's a that's not a trick. That's a treat. That's my point. <laughs> is is that we were tricked and well, I think like, wait some... a second, people that have any kind of common sense, these people have got to be downloading apps. Well, that that is a problem in the media with iPad, iPhone, and all that stuff related. Everyone's saying it's great, it's great, it's great. The only way you get mentioned is if you say something that makes it not great or completely different. So was this some uh, a ploy by Nielsen to get? people to read their article, and the damage gets done first because now you have tons of people who read that article that really went out in the wild that 32% don't have an app. All right. Well, with Halloween afoot, baddest movie monster ever. Now, should we just make it general or should we have a face-off? Because I was thinking Alien versus Predator, what your favorite is, or should we just have it open-ended? Because if I didn't do that, I've got another one that some people, again, I'm a little older and people might be, who are you even talking Let's about? Let's do Aliens versus Predator. Oh. Who do you think would win? No, well, not that. Just which one? Which one did you think was bad? I mean, just that. that, that which that, one could that beat the that, other? That, no, no, that you didn't want to run into. And so for me, either. That's the same. Dang it! Be honest, Wesley. Either down the hallway, I'm having a bad day. I want to go ten rounds, man. I want that thing in the ring with me. I'm. I, okay. That's why I say let them fight each other because I'm running the other way. I, 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 Alien Man. For me, Alien. I'll never forget Alien. Wasn't as scary to me as aliens. You aliens. Mind the guy coming out that, your stomach? Because then you have more of them. 
That well, and yeah, and because it just it because it took you over too. It 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 totally it just didn't kill you. It it in well, what would you say? Infested, infected, whatever you would bored. Yeah, off <laughs> of you. spawned, whatever. Oh. But yeah, aliens for me, man. That that's it. So yeah, I mean, as far as movies go, <laughs> Aliens is the better franchise. But no, we're talking about the monster here. Guilty, just... I'm here. I mean, come on, whatever. But as far as biggest badass, that has to be the Predator. Okay. I'm going to go with Michael on this. I'm sorry. that it, it's a, The Predator's he's just badass. He's got all sorts of weapons and crap. Yeah, but he goes invisible. How can you fight something you can't see? That, that takes exactly. Life. That's why he's badass. No, if you're badass, you don't have to go invisible. You just stand in front and have that little thing come out of your head and punch a hole in someone. Now, that's bad. Yeah, but the Predator can actually beat the alien. I don't know. No, the Queen. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. No, the Queen came out of the ground on that one and took everybody out. It and, and it matter. was the and it was the uh, human that who, killed the who queen. Who would you rather it? be have be on your side, an army of predators, or army of aliens? Okay, well, actually, we've got a late <laughs> entry here from Mike. Let us Perry. know what you think at podcast at maxsales.com. Yeah, you tell us that podcast at maxsales.com. What's your baddest movie monster? And this is really intriguing. And this this shows the depth of Michael Perry here. Is is that he says his baddest mo- monster was the front yard tree from Poltergeist, and you know. That thing was pretty scary. So, without further ado, we're going to end this with our best Halloween howls. Thank you for listening. See you next week.